Welcome back, guys, to Bass Slingers Unrestricted. My name is Josh Mitchell. Today's show, today's show is a fun one. Um, I had a really nice conversation with my buddy Uncle Bear. Bear, um, we 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 got into some chatterbait talk. I specifically brought him on, and I picked a specific bait. It's kind of going off of the previous shows. Somehow the chatterbait always comes up. So I wanted to bring somebody on that I know is, I know knows a ton about chatterbaits. Brought him on. I asked him tons of questions, stumped him on a few, gave some great answers. We had some some good chatter back and forth, but I think you guys are going to learn a lot from Barry. He's got an interesting way of looking at chatterbait fishing. And um, so here you go. Here's my conversation with Bear. Hope you guys enjoy. Okay, guys, I'd like to welcome Uncle Bear to the show. What's up, Bear? Thanks for joining me. How's it going, brother? Hey, brother. I'm just chilling around the house. Having a awesome, good one man. tonight. Awesome, man. I'm, I'm glad to have you on. I've had, I've had four or five guests so far, and... It seems like every conversation kind of trends towards chatterbaits. And so, <laughs> so I wanted to bring somebody on that I feel like can really give a good education on the chatterbaits. So you are the lucky guy to come on and break down chatterbaits. All right. Well, let's get into it. Okay. Well, you know, first things first, though, um, I like to ask everybody kind of – kind of how they got into fishing usually everybody has a nice story from when they were a kid or something that kind of lit that fire for them to kind of really get obsessed with it so i guess the first part of the question i'm going to ask you is how did you get into fishing and then i want you to trans transition into how you became obsessed with the chatterbait <laughs> um my dad was in car sales he was a, a master salesman, uh, general sales manager for a Mercedes-Benz dealership. Every Sunday morning, we'd go fishing. That's what we did. If it was spring, summer, early fall, we went fishing. Because here in North Florida, it does get cold enough that it's annoying to go fishing. <laughs> Especially out on a boat, out on a river, or up on Lake Talquin or Lake Jackson when it was not drained out. Um in several other little private lakes that my dad knew people. Um, but that was our tradition. We'd go fishing until about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, pack up, come home. Um, every couple of years, my dad would buy a new boat, et cetera, et cetera. And that's just where the love started. As I got older, I got away from it and, uh, you know, started living life, doing my own thing, married, kids, you know, standard routine of life. And uh, one day... My, my bonus son comes up to me, Brock, y'all, y'all see him a bunch of my videos and said, Hey, I want to go fishing. So I didn't own a bit of fishing gear. I owned nothing. This was like two years ago. I think I had an old cane pole somewhere in the backyard that I would have had to cut down, you know? And, uh, I ran up to Walmart, bought all the kids, the wife, everybody bought us all, you know, Walmart Zebco specials. And, uh, we all started fishing again. And then I started doing some research, man, you know, what baits do I need to be using? And boom, chatterbait popped right up. And I finally put together enough money. I went and bought myself. Uh, 
and I hated it. It was the worst thing. Um, I'm not going to say the name of it, but you can buy them at Walmart, and they're not worth $5, much less the 45 I spent, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. My uh, my little brother, all the way up in South Carolina, said, hey, I got a baitcaster here, a Lose Mach 1. Do you want it? I said, sure. So he came down to visit, and he left that. And I, uh, I went and bought a chatterbait and about five other baits. Chatterbait, a lipless crankbait, a Senko worm, and a uh, a popar, and that's what I had, and that's what we fished. And then those little cheap crim lures, little white minnows, at Walmart for a dollar twenty-two for two of them. Don't sleep on them, by the way. <laughs> I'm not playing. Caught a lot of fish on one of them, but I didn't know you had to run a trailer on them. I didn't none of this stuff. And I started watching videos. Next thing you know, man, I caught a fish on a chatterbait, and it was and it was just, it was as exciting as catching a fish on any top water I've ever used. It was just like getting hit by a freight train. And all of a sudden, it was this epic fight. I pictured Moby Dick and Captain whoever he was, Nimoy maybe, yeah, fighting over this white whale. And it was like a three pounder that came out of the grass from the side and just destroyed this bait and that was it i was hooked no other fish catch in my life <laughs> even compared to that hit that just raw hatred and aggression all in one little cast and i've been hooked on them ever since i swear by them i, I study them i do research on them i have varied opinions but the bottom line is is that's where the love of a chatterbait came in. Um, like I said, I began with my dad, like probably every kid on the planet. Now, my dad wasn't at work. He spent time with me, so we went fishing. So, you know, before you picked up fishing again a few years back, um, did you ever hear of the chatterbait? Were you fishing it sporadically when you, you randomly pick up the rod and go out for a day? Or, or, was, or, or was the chatterbait just something – brand brand new that you just kind of you just kind of stumbled across i stumbled across it literally it was brand new but it kind of you know you, you heard people talk about bass fishing and oh use a chatterbait well i stumbled across i went to buy a yellow sally a snagless sally and i call it a yellow sally because i buy a yellow one a white one and a black one um then i forget who makes them hildebrand maybe one of the old school people yeah and um, I loved them, man. That was my bait. That was my go-to bait when I was like 14, 15 years old with my daddy. And uh, that was just a go-to bait. Well, now people are going, no, no, no. It's evolved. Try the chatterbait. That's what the guy at Bass Pro here in Tallahassee told me. And I said, well, what's that? Of course, he shows me his $15 jackhammer. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, listen, I'm not, I don't know where you think my money comes from, but it ain't $15 of lure money. <laughs> and uh, I grabbed one of the old school ones for $4.99 and it was the most prized possession I had, by the way. I got a white one. Z-Man? Yep. Z-Man yeah. Chatterbait. And yeah. and I'm going to say that there's only three bladed jigs, we're going to call them that now, that, uh, that I use. And Z-Man is predominantly the one I go with. If you're listening, Z-Man, remember me. But uh, a little shameless plug there, you oh, know. Yeah. But I, I love I love the Z Man, and uh, there's only two of them, three of them really I'll use. Um, 
But yeah, that's where it started. It started out, I went to buy a snagless Sally and I was told to buy this and I bought that $5 lure and I was terrified to throw the thing. And then he told me you need a trailer. I threw it for about a week with no trailer. <laughs> Shows you what I knew. Yeah. <laughs> so I grabbed a trailer that he told me a paddle tail and I got nailed. And like I said, it's been, it's been a run ever since I want that first hit that first, just ungodly force of just stopping everything. I mean, almost ripped the rod out of my hand, bro. It, uh, it started. Okay. Well, with that, with that being said, to kind of piggyback off of what you just were talking about, let's, let's dive right into it. Then what, what are the, the three chatterbaits that, that you swear by and that you would recommend? And, and after your answer, I got another question regarding them that I'm, I'm going to bring up. So, uh, but first let's, uh, let's get into the three that you, you would recommend and that you swear by Z man, hands down Z man. Now in Z man, I'll bounce around between the OCB, the original chatterbait. Um, I absolutely love the pro I think it's called the project Z. It's got a, a, a grass, like it looks like a jig. It's got a grass little, you know, bumper stopper on the front of it. Just like a jig. I don't know what you call that. Weed guard, if you will. Yeah. Um, and that's something I leave out when I tell people, you know, get a chatterbait. You throw it around everything except wood. Well, you get that, now you can throw it around wood. Yeah. And that's where the ball game changes. And for people I've given advice to, I'm going to politely say, I'm sorry. My bad. I, I tried to hold <laughs> that one in. <laughs> um, yeah. But other than Z-Man, those are the two I use with Z-Man. Um, the Thunder Cricket isn't bad. I enjoy it, but I'm not paying $10. It's yeah. kind of hard to do it. Believe it or not, I like the Guggen clickbait. Um, and I'm not a big – a lot of Guggen stuff I'm real funny about. Uh, the Green Monster is in the room. I've brought it up, so we'll, it'll be there, I'm sure. Oh yeah, I do like the clickbait. It's just not as good around grass as the original chatterbait. What? But I do use it. I have it. It does have applications in my tackle box. Um, what do you, and what do you, not to cut you off, but when you get on that for that Guggen clickbait, what's your, um, what do you think about those beads they have on it that shake, that shake it up? I, I, it causes a different sound. And what we're dealing with with fish is you, you'll watch a bass swim up behind something looking for any form of movement that's different, like a predator, if you will, like a, like a lion chasing down a, uh, whatever they chase down zebra. Yeah. And they're watching it. And there's the one with a funny leg. That's who I'm getting. And that's what yeah. they get. Bass are watching these things and they've seen probably 50 of them because they're one of the most popular lures in the world. You know, they've seen 50 different colors, 50 different styles and, and every technique you can come up with. And that bass is going, I, I remember that. That didn't end good. That was that was a weird ride. I, all of a sudden I'm outside of the water. Some guys holding me. There's a camera, some flashing lights. I didn't <laughs> like it. Yeah. Then I'll, then I get thrown back in the water like 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 ooh, yeah. and just you know bad day all around had by all, except for the fishermen. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so I think it just adds something different, and and it ha like I said it has an amazing application. I use it in very sparse grass on the bottom of a on the bottom of the pond, um, and I use it in more open water than I will a Z man. It has a mat, but it. Coming through the grass, I get caught up more. It, I have to do more work with it. 
it's not this fishing isn't supposed to be work it's supposed to be fun and that's how i view that um but my third and and final and i'm going to catch some hate for it and go ahead i'll let them have it the picasso it is hands down for ten dollars you you absolutely it's hard to beat it even with anything z-man makes including the chat including the jackhammer it's ten ninety nine, and I believe it can replace the jackhammer. Really, I've never yes. tried it. It's like I said, it's ten dollars and ninety nine cent. They're a very small company. They've just come up. Um, I learned about them from Georgia Bassmasters. Okay. And he he did a he was talking to me about it and said, "Hey, try this." I said, "Okay, cool." Then he did a video about it about a month later, and I'm like, "Man, I'm late to the game. Let me go get one of these things." Yeah. And uh, it, they're, they're a different feeling. It's uh, They almost feel like a rattle trap. Really? Well, mm-hmm. I must have tried that. Um, I've never even, to be honest with you, I've never, I've never even heard of that. Um, but that, that my, uh, my take on chatterbaits and familiar with the chatterbait is something we'll get into a little bit later. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but so kind of what I wanted to ask you with, with, with those, three that you named now something that's getting real popular right now is a lot of a lot of anglers are buying chatter baits along with every other hard bait from um small i don't want to say bait shops but you know you can you find guys on facebook that have like a little shop going it's more online than everything it's it's made to order as you order (laughs) it and guys are having unbelievable luck on some of these chatterbaits and a lot of guys are swearing that there's there's nothing better than certain brands that they're using and and i don't feel like it's i don't feel like it's um a a cheap for the uh for the brand they're using i i see the proof i see people catching them and and i firmly believe that that they're that you know that they believe that that chatterbait made by that independent guy is is kind of really where it's at. So I was kind of wanting to get your take on having these, buying these chatterbaits from these small businesses. And if you've had any luck with them. Well, if I hadn't had to buy two new tires from my car, we'd be having a different conversation as to how do you feel as an owner of a small chatterbait (laughs) shop? Yeah. Okay. I, I literally blew two tires out of the back of my car and I had to buy, replace two tires and they're not very cheap. And, um, that was the money I'd allotted to go buy the molds, the dies, the yeah. hooks, everything I needed to make my own chatterbaits right there in house. I believe in them that much. So. Yeah. yeah, I would say so. Um, now, what what preferred size? Like, how big? How heavy will you go on a chatterbaiter? Is you kind of have like a kind of like your. Um, your happy medium far as weight of the chatterbait or you just jump around based on the conditions. Um, I, I actually did a count today. Cause like I said, I, we, we knew we were going to have this conversation. Mm-hmm. I have 37 chatterbaits. 35 of them are half ounce. <laughs> wow. So you like, I have two, ounce. three eights. <laughs> I just don't see a point in going smaller. No. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can I, throw I, them a mile. Yeah. That's, uh, but you know, with this, with this time of year, um, seems these fish really kind of go after these smaller baits. So how do you, how are you enticing them to still hit that, 
that half ounce with these conditions you got in Florida? Um, yeah, North Florida's on fire right now. I think it's 88 degrees, 92 degrees all day, and you can cut the humidity with a chainsaw. Um, I'm literally taking a smaller approach to my trailer, and I'm trimming the skirt. Normally, I trim them right at the hook point. I'm trimming them an eighth of an inch higher, so it makes a smaller profile. I see. So and you I'm want... using I'm using a mini fluke for a trailer. Okay. So, so you you like what I'm kind of getting at then is you like the weight, but you're gonna trim it up. You're gonna use a smaller, uh, you know, a smaller trailer. So you're kind of downsizing. The, the, the lure, but you're still going to get your weight. Correct. Well, and, with that, go, go ahead. No, no, I'm just saying with that half ounce and the profile on it, you, you can, especially with something like a mini fluke, you know, one of them three inch flukes. Yeah. Um, I can skip that underneath trees. Oh, really? Yeah. You can, you can get a lean back and you can really attack places at the end of the day. It's a jig. Yeah. You know, skip it underneath something and pop the line real hard once it hits the bottom and it'll vibrate and that tail kicks and, you know, it falls back down just like a jig. And I'll get a lot of hits on that fall down. So it's it, I like I, I need that half ounce because I like I said, I can reach out and cast, you know, halfway across most ponds. Yeah. And but if I'm on a bank line and I need to be real precise, it's got enough weight that I can feel it and I can detect it with my seven two seven three rod, and I can kind of pop that thing right underneath the tree line. Well, before we get into the trailers and everything, you kind of just brought it up. Why don't you um, why don't you run down your your setups here? What are you throwing these chatter baits on from rod, reel, and line? Oh Lord, I knew I knew this. I dreaded this question. <laughs> I um I'm gonna ask I'm gonna tell you what I'm running, but I'm before I do that, I'm gonna ask all of the listeners out there if you have a suggestion on the perfect chatterbait rod for the love of everything we hold holy, please get in the comments and tell me. <laughs> I have gone through I, I probably have nine rods that I've said are the best chatterbait rod on the planet until I try something different. I, I yeah. jump around. It's horrible. Um, one of the best, if you don't have a lot of heavy grass, unfortunately, North Florida does. One of the best is the St. Croix medium, heavy, moderate, seven foot two. You absolutely, if you just have that low grass at the bottom of your pond, or you just have some lilies here and there, something of that nature. That rod is, they literally made that rod for this. Um, now, that said, what I'm currently running is a favorite absolute heavy, and, and it says fast, but it is the furthest thing from a fast as I've ever used in my life. It's about as moderate as a crankbait rod. Um, and it's one of the cheapest rods I've ever bought. And the people are amazing over there at favorite. I love them. Um, no plug, not sponsored, but absolutely adore them. Um, and I love the rod. The rod is, is really stout. 
but I'm fishing around a lot of grass. And now I'm also running mono instead of fluorocarbon to compensate for the fact that it's a heavy, not a medium heavy. Um, gives me a little more stretch, a little more pop. And when I get it caught in the grass and I get a jerk, I got to jerk it out of the grass, it'll pop out of that. And it gives me that, that leeway. Is it, you're not typically a mono a mono thrower either, are you? No, I am almost almost 110% braid. If I can, I throw braid. Yeah, um, I've never, I've personally never tried a chatterbait on braid before, so I, I couldn't even recommend that either way, but I'm sure you've tried it. I have, and it works. <laughs> <laughs> but the problem with braid, and I'm going to say this part real fast. I want everyone to understand this. I believe if you can get away with it, fluorocarbon is the way to go. Uh, 15 to 20 pound, varied on your your scenario. Um, I, I use a Brazek like everybody on the planet. So I pay $20 a spool, so I understand the pain. Um, but the reason I say that is braid, I believe, doesn't get bit as often because of that sound. And in, 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 when you throw braid out, and if you've ever fished braid on anything, and you bring it back, you hear that sound in the water. You hear it. You hear it in your line. I believe the fish hear it. Yeah, I and, never thought and, about that. And that's where I, I went almost strictly a hundred and ten percent when it comes to a chatterbait. I went to fluorocarbon. Um, I did it with my lipless crankbaits, and I did it with my smaller swim baits too, because I believe they can hear it. Now that said. <laughs> I guess that's that's the end of that that's part of the story. I don't know how to go with it from there. Um, well, well, I mean, you mentioned you kind of mentioned how you, you you like the fluoro, but then you you were mentioning how you like the mono on the chatterbait. So, my question then is, what are you running far as pound on on that mono for that chatterbait, and and are okay. you going are you going back and forth between the fluoro and the mono, or are you just strictly now mono? Um. With the, the setup I'm running right now, which is a Revo SX 7.3 to 1, um, which is a little too fast. It, it really is, so I have to concentrate on keeping it slower. I have to really focus on my reel control, which helps me focus on how I'm maneuvering the bait. Um, and I'm running, like I said, that favorite absolute 7.3 heavy, which is really close to a moderate. I'm running, I'm running the mono on it to compensate for the fact that I'm using a heavy rod when I really need a medium heavy. I just haven't found a medium heavy that bends the same way that this heavy does. So I'm sticking with it. And uh, I, I switched, I made the switch to mono for the stretch to compensate for that. So I'm well, not just nailing a hook set right then and blowing the mouth out. What are you going with, 17, 20 pounds? Um, exactly. Sorry. 17. <laughs> I'm like, come on, man. Answer the- my bad. My bad. <laughs> answer, answer the question. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm seven- sorry. 17 to 20 pound mono. I personally, for me, I, I, I prefer mono over floral. Uh, and a lot of people disagree, but, um, I, I, I think 20 is too heavy. I think it's too thick for mono. So, I'll take the 15 to 17 pound mono and I'll run it. I'll run it on everything I throw and I, and I'm really, yeah, I'm pretty comfortable with that. But with that being said though, you know, I got once 
rack that's got a lot of lilies and I'm doing a lot of flipping. So when I'm doing that, I got the I got the braid on just like everybody else would. But uh, besides that though, everywhere else I fish, believe it or not, as you know, I'm in Central Florida, in the okay. Tampa area. Um, I, I don't have a lot of we. I got some weeds on the banks and stuff like that, but I'm not fishing a lot of hard grass edges. I'm not fishing a lot of lilies outside of the spot I just said and. So the water I'm fishing is pretty much open. And, I mean, I, I fish 17-pound mono all spawn. And I could probably count on one hand how many fish I lost. And they yeah. were they were fish where I casted a mile out there with my shaky head. And, and that, that, that is the disadvantage of, of it where, you know, you get that – you get bit way out there with that mono when you get that stretch. And, you know, I'll live with that because, you know, I haven't really spit any big ones that I know of. And, and – um you know, and, and I always wonder for, for me, because my hook set isn't aggressive, rip the fish a hundred miles per hour, hard as I can. I'm kind of, um, I got, I get power behind it, but it's not quick. So I don't know if that <laughs> something with that is why the, why the mono works for me, but I can't keep fish on my hook with the fluoro. So I'm done with the fluoro. You're, uh, you're doing the big man hook set, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. that kind of just lean and let your let your bareness pull that thing. Exactly. I, yeah, that same thing I do. They everyone I know picks on me about my hook sets. They're all like, "Man, that's that's kind of kind of soft, isn't it?" And I'm like, "Yeah, but that fish is here, isn't he?" Yeah, exactly. Like, that's, <laughs> and that and that's what I say because, like I said, that, that fluoro man, it, I've been on it for the past like three weeks. Um, I you know I had a good conversation a couple weeks ago with Malik the Tulsa bass professor and yeah, that guy's amazing. Yeah, he is. And everything he was preaching to me about the, the fluoro, I'm like, dude, what, I, what am I doing? I got to get on some fluoro and, and I got it <laughs> and it, it just don't fit me, man. And I'm losing, man, I'm losing too many big fish and, and just, you, not, uh, Oh, it's just driving me crazy. You would hate to hear my summertime setup for, for a lipless crankbait, man. Well, <laughs> Give it to I me, run man. thirty pound. I run thirty pound braid on a medium moderate rod. Jeez, <laughs> I it's they're so shy in the summer that it, that's why I switch to it. I'll switch to braid if I'm running something like my Saint Croix rod, um, that medium moderate, that medium fat, medium heavy moderate. I'll run braid on that because I'm hook setting them a mile away from me. Right. And I need that punch because despite what everyone's heard, um, I think it was Tyler's real fishing. I'm not throwing him out there, but he did an experiment with the exact same pound mono and the exact same pound braid or uh fluorocarbon and braid, by the way, Del three and come to find out that when you're about 30 yards out, they have the exact same stretch. Really? If the fluorocarbon oh. doesn't stretch more. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. The yeah. reason I switched to braid was because long cast, long cast, long cast, long cast, you're getting bit way out, way out, way out, you know, with, with like the lipless thing. And and it trans it, it transitioned itself to chatterbaits was because I was getting bit so far out and I'm putting so much abuse on fluorocarbon. It's such a gentle, delicate thing, really. Mm. I put so much abuse on fluorocarbon that it, it, by the end of a day, if I go out and really fish and really just get at it, 
if I really get at it. Um, man, I can stretch out 30 yards of, of what I have in there to the point that it's brittle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So just go with either braid or mono because you can't stretch mono out like that. Yeah. It doesn't wear out. It's like an old R22 Toyota motor. You don't never see them in a junkyard. No. Yeah. I, it's just, you know, I I don't know. I, I'm kind of sour on the fluoro. I've lost some really good fish in the past two weeks. And, and you know, maybe it was the, the way I hook set on the rod I had. I, you know, it probably wasn't the fluoro, but. Dude, somebody's got to take the blame because you know I'm not taking the blame for it. Yeah, so. no, no, I ain't taking that L. <laughs> I'll pass that on to the line. It's, yeah, it's the reel's fault, the rod's fault. It, it's, yeah. Man, I didn't hold my mouth right, but I'm not taking that L. No, I know what you're saying, brother. Yeah, 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 exactly. You know, that fish needs to learn how to bite a bite a rattle yeah. trap or whatever. Yeah, he, so. needs, he needs to get his manhood up and bite this thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, all right, well, let's move it along here. Um with uh i think what kind of we got a couple facebook questions later on that i'm going to get to that probably touch a little bit on this but i want to jump into it right now and then when we ask the facebook questions you can just add your two cents and um and and we'll go from there but so everybody knows that with a chatterbait there are numerous ways that you can fish a chatterbait it's pretty much endless so (laughs) Yeah. I'm just going to give you the floor here, man, and just start <laughs> Thanks. Start, start spewing at the mouth and and um, uh, let's let's hear the some techniques for you that that work and techniques that you recommend, man. So we're opening Pandora's box this way. Okay. Yes. Oh. Um, <laughs> number one, there's a chuck and wind. Um throw it and bring it to you. Um and that works to cover. If you're fan casting, you're just covering, trying to find them. That is a hundred percent, a great way to do it. Um, what I like to do is when I'm chucking and winding, let's say I'm running it, I'm pulling up to a pond for the first time. I'm walking down there and I'm fishing a chatterbait today. That's what I'm fishing. That's what these fish are going to eat. Um, you throw it out there and as you're bringing it back, well, most of your bites with a chatterbait come when you pop it off of when you get it hung on some grass and you pop it off the grass. Most of your bites happen then, historically for me. So I'll be bringing it back to me and just pop the thing, middle of the water column. I don't care where it is, just pop it and then keep reeling. Um, pop it, let it sink a second, pop it, and that seems to work. Um, if that doesn't work, I'll throw it out and bring it back yo yo style. Um, hopping it like you would a jig flat out, just hopping the stupid thing. They'll come up and scoop. And it's absolutely amazing. Sometimes, um, you'll just be going and then it'll feel like a a Texas rig when you bounce it up and they hit it on the up float. Yeah. It'll feel like that. Like, wait a minute, my line's moving. (laughs) Yeah. Set the hook. Um, another way I like to do, I call it the sprinkler. And that's probably the lamest thing you've ever heard of, but it it looks as lame as when someone tries to do that dance in a, in a nightclub. <laughs> it's that bad. You, you yeah. stand sideways to the lake. You cast out. You literally drag it till you feel the vibration. Let it drop. Turn. Rotate yourself back. Reel up your slack. Do it again. And uh, it'll trigger some crazy bites. Um. And the more sensitive your equipment is, the more you can feel. I, I'm not joking. There's me and my son both. I, it happened in front of him. 
I brought the thing up with a fish on it. And there was another bass trailing them like they were fighting over it. And I swear I could feel them. Wow. Like they were both hitting at it at the same time. And one of them just got unlucky yeah, <laughs> and found the hook when I turned. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, there's a lot of techniques, man. I'll, uh, I'll, like I said, I'll skip it under docks and pop it, pop it. Just like you would if you were pitching. You pitch something into a bush line and pit, twitch, twitch. You don't feel nothing, twitch, twitch. You don't feel nothing, reel it up, do it again. I'll do the same thing with a chatterbait. And I'll do it right in the middle of lily pads. Especially with that project. I think it's a Project Z. I'm going to be lying and I feel bad about that. But it's got a weed guard on the front of it. And I think they're like $8.99 or $9.99 or something. But I'll pitch that thing right, I mean, right there into a stump and twitch it just like you would, just like you were if you were popping a worm or something, you just pitched into the lily pads, pop, pop, and they'll hit the thing. So, I mean, there's really the four techniques I will, I'll say I use. What about, um, what about, do you ever burn it? Oh, yeah. If I find a hump, like if it's going from deep water to shallow water, and then dropping back off to a level spot or dropping back off completely, I'll burn that thing a hundred miles an hour to that hump, pop it a few times, let it fall on top of that hump, and then burn it off of it. Yeah, it seems to be. You wouldn't think this time of year, being that we're, we're Florida, that these fish would be chasing, um, you know, that fast-moving bait. But man, they, as you know, they're they're. <laughs> Like I, like I said on a, a podcast that I recorded the other day, that hasn't dropped yet. But um, you know, it these fish are just they're gonna hit it on their reaction, and if yeah. you're no matter what you're gonna burn by them, they they um they're you know they're they're gonna hit it just because they're a predatorial fish, and they might not be hungry, but it's it's candy for them, man, and they're gonna scoop oh, yeah. it up if you're burning it. It's coming right in front of their face. I mean, it's either eat this. Don't worry about what it is or don't eat it. That's the decision they have to make. And they, and when you're burning it, you give them less time to make it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, with that burning, um, we're, we're talking about how these, uh, burning these chatterbaits and rattle traps and everything. Uh, why don't you talk about, you have this, um, you call it your trio of something. Oh Lord. <laughs> <laughs> My deadly trio. Yeah. Um, I will use it walking up to any pond because I truly believe a a bass will hit either a lipless crankbait or a rattle trap. They won't hit them at the same time. I've I've experimented with this and I've never seen it happen. So if I'm wrong, please don't slay me. Just understand I'm going off what I know. But if you can get them to bite a lipless crankbait, that's what they're biting or they're going to bite a chatterbait. So I'll walk up with your old-fashioned Zoom speed worm, ultra-vibe speed worm. I'll, I'll rig it up, you know, bobber stopper, weight, Texas rig, four-odd hook, speed worm. I'll throw that around. And if they'll hit that, I know they're going to hit a rattle trap or a chatterbait. That's what I walk up to a pond with every time. That's the first thing I walk out with because it's, at the end of the day, a speed worm's still a worm. Yeah. You know, so I'll walk up, throw a speed worm around, boom, he get he gets lit up over here or he gets hit, no commitment. I'll pop him off, throw on a chatterbait, throw it out there, either commitment or no commitment. 
throw a throw a lipless on, commitment or no commitment. But it's gonna they're gonna hit one of those two. If they just took a swipe at that speed worm, they're gonna hit one of them too. And that's usually how I determine what I'm throwing that day. If I well, don't get hit on a speed worm, I'll start throwing something different completely. But okay, there's well, my lead up. Well, I guess. Now that you're you walk up to a pond and you try your speed worm, you're doing your thing. You're going through. I guess we'll call it like a, a prog- almost like a progression, like a quarterback. You know, you're, mm-hmm. you're you're making your reads. You're you're gonna play off of what the fish are doing. Now, with that being said, how long are you gonna stay in one spot before uh, before you, you know, are you gonna ride or die with that speed worm in one spot, or are you gonna fish it for like a you know, 50, 60 yard span on the bank before you make your adjustment on either A, it's working or B, it's not working. Okay, exactly. Um, I'm a fat guy and it's hot. <laughs> I ain't standing still, brother. <laughs> um, every pond I go to, I have what I call test spots of my first walk up. Um, they'll be inside of let's say the pond's 200 yards all the way around, 300 yards all the way around. I mean, you can do the math. 50, 60 yards of that, I know I'm going to see everything that I'm going to see in the rest of the pond. And I've found these spots because I've fished most of these ponds several times. So inside that 50, 60 yards, I'm making 50 casts, but I'm running it. I'm not standing still. I make a cast, make another cast, I'm moving. I might make three or four casts there, but I'm moving. So I know, okay. I got a slam right there by that wood pile. Let me throw on my chatterbait. Let me throw him next to that wood pile and see what happens. All right, bam, he hit it. They're next to the wood today. Or, nope, lily pads as it was sinking down. They're probably going to be on a worm bite today. I need to find lilies. I need to find overhanging grass. And I'll I'll run a pond that way. And that's kind of interesting that you move because when you said, you know, you know, I'm a fat guy in Florida. I thought you were going to say, my ass is standing still. No, brother. (laughs) It's too daggone hot to just stand in that sun. you got to get moving. Yeah, I I agree. And and I think that's kind of why I get almost turned off from the worm bite this time of year because I I can't just sit there, man. And, and like, I got to – I'm going to sweat more by running a rattle trap fast or or a crankbait or, you know – Whatever, you know, top water, something fast. Um, I'll sweat more, but I got to move. And my mind stays active. Yeah. Yeah. I don't sit there and fall asleep holding a rod in my hand. Um, on that note, I'm not going to spill any beans, but I'm working on a technique right now that I'm talking dead of summer. I don't care what it is. You can still run it like you would a, a crankbait. And oh, really? once I get some more intel on that, I'll shoot you. I'll shoot you a message to let you know all about it. Like I'm down yeah. to the point now of deciding what kind of line to run on it, what what power rod. But the bait itself, I've got pretty dialed in. Well, that's great. I'm looking forward to hearing about it. And you know, whenever you send that over, I'll push it out if you want, and we'll get everybody, yeah, push it. We'll get everybody on it. So, um, well, I, I that kind of. You know, we, we we could only talk, I guess, really about the chatterbaits so long um, with the questions I have. So that kind of that kind of wraps it up for a lot of the questions I had. And the reason I'm going to leave so much time with um, 
we got still got a lot of time left and I know I think I got seven or eight questions on Facebook and I know are going to take us into the weeds so to speak and um <laughs> from, probably we're uh, about to drag Bobo around the corner and kick him huh yeah yeah <laughs> so I want I'm kind of anxious to get into them and get your thoughts on that so um we'll go we'll go right into the Facebook questions here and um so on a side note, though, got a new sponsor for this uh, for this segment. Wheeler Lures has decided to sponsor the Facebook question. So shout out to Jeff and Wheeler Lures for sponsoring our weekly Facebook questions. Um, make sure you check him out on Facebook. If you're not buying Wheeler Lures, guys, trying them. I, I highly recommend them um, anywhere on the Bass Slingers page. You can see these chunks getting caught. Really interesting colors. Not all of them are traditional. Um, he can pretty much do everything, everything um, you're thinking of or anything you could dream of. He'll he'll paint them. He'll get them out to you. He's affordable. I got I got five coming in the next couple of days here. Rattle traps and um, I cannot wait for them. And he sent me a teaser of them and and that's all he'll send me. I, he, He's telling me it's going to be Christmas morning when I open up the box, so we're just going to leave it at that. But shout out to Jeff for sponsoring this segment of the show. Definitely appreciate it, Jeff. So, all right, with that with that being said, then let's let's jump right into it. Um, first question I got is from Tanner Gibson from Reeling with the Gibsons. Shout out Tanner, appreciate your questions like always. Um, he says, "What is the optimal conditions to throw a chatterbait? Time of day, water clarity." Tanner, you you gonna come at me with just an in depth question on question number one? <laughs> yes, sir. Good job. Listen, if anybody is winning anything, I'm gonna call it right now. If anybody wins anything from being sponsored from Mr. Wheeler sponsoring this, Tanner, you earned it. <laughs> you hit me with just the hardest thing I think right off rip. Um, conditions. I'm gonna go with early morning. I, I like I like to pop them early morning because the bass have come in overnight. They've nested up, so to speak, and they're they're pushing bait fish. And they're they're doing their heavy foraging. So if you can get there right after the sun, they right after you would pull off the top water, so to speak, for about the next hour or so, that's probably gonna be your strongest times. Now, other than that, bass eat all day long. So if you give a presentation that they're eating shad kind of some kind of bait fish small bait fish minnow shads bluegill anytime you can get that out and around i would definitely go for not a lot of wind but you a little bit of chop makes it shine so if you can get that kind of condition um other than that it, i don't have a time of day other than early morning or later in the afternoon when the bass are starting to push back up and everyone at, at your local pond, you know what time that is. You know when they start busting on the. And, and you know he's kind of got a, a couple questions in there. You answered the time of day, and <laughs> far as temperature goes, um, I personally for me, I feel like it it doesn't really matter because, like no. you said, it's going to be early morning or late late in the evening, especially early morning, regardless of what that temperature is. Um, they're, they're, they're going to come in and feed. That's just their pattern. And, mm -hmm. and I know it can get cold for where Tanner lives in the wintertime a little bit, but I, 
you know, I, I, I don't know if you could answer because you're a Florida guy about the off season, off season in the winter about um, temperature wise uh, with these off fish, season but... here's fifty something, fifty five, fifty eight degrees water temp. Yeah, you know, I know. so I, I mean, know. we really don't have one. Yeah. So unfortunately, Tanner, I can't answer that part of it. That's why I shook my head and I said, "You just hit me with the hardest question right off rip." Because some <laughs> of it I can't answer. Um, yeah. Water clarity conditions. Though. Water clarity, I don't care if it's chocolate milk or if I can see the bottom 10 feet deep. I'm going to throw it. I believe in a chatterbait that strong. It's well, I, I just it's a confidence bait. Over and over, I'll say it over and over again. Once I got that first hit, I was addicted. Well, <laughs> with the with the water clarity then, are you are you your colors that you're using is that specified off the clarity of the water, or are you just gonna ride or die with your color regardless? And what oh, is the man, color? listen, I, I'm gonna catch a lot of flack. You are just digging me a, a, a trench to climb out of one day. Yes, sir. I don't believe in I don't believe in water clarity dictating my colors. I absolutely do not. Um, eight fish I'm seeing are shiny and silvery. I'm throwing white. All bluegill. I'm throwing green pumpkin or some some form of pumpkin or brownish. Um, and I'm looking for bait fish. I'm not looking for water clarity. I'd rather, it's, I'd rather look over. And, yeah. I mean, just water clarity. Listen, we all remember the eighties with Hank Parker and that stupid thing. He dropped down and it told him run a chartreuse and Brown. Yeah. This ain't that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. got smarter than the gizmo that called us. <laughs> all right well we got now next question is from wayne carlson wayne appreciate the question um wayne was a guest a few episodes ago and he just he nailed it and he shared some of his awesome chatterbait techniques so he's got a great question for you here bear he uh he wants to know what is your favorite way to fish a chatterbait and what is your go-to color oof I got two go-to colors, Mr. Wayne. I'm going to come at you with both of them. I like green pumpkin or a little bit of like a sunfish is my only real deviation. Or white. Um, they call it bad shad. It has a little bit of green in it. it it's actually a really good color. That's about my only deviations. Um, I only fish three colors and then i throw in like i said that little bluegill kind of color sunfish color and red um other than that i flat out fish white green pumpkin or black and blue yeah those are white i i, I will throw a white chatterbait in the middle of a, a, a muddy pond i'll throw it in a crystal clear river. yeah i don't know white i guess i'm gonna go with white as long What's as your you favorite blade yeah. Well, okay. Well, what do you mean by that? Um, I, I I started losing bites, and not fish, but bites. They were coming up, and they were hitting the flash on that silver flash. So, I said, "Well, what in the world do I do with this?" They're hitting this, not the hook. So I said, "Well, I'm gonna get rid of the flash, but I don't want to get rid of the vibration." So I I work for. Uh, a large car dealership here in Tallahassee and automotive industry. I got a little piece of sandpaper out of the paint booth and I scuffed up the thing and I took a black Sharpie and I painted the, the blade black. 
and all of a sudden my hit started going from the head of the thing to them swallowing it. Wow. So I said, all right, there's my trick. There's my tip and trick of the day. Paint your blades black. Unless they're gold, they don't seem to hit the gold blade as often. They hit the they hit the hook like they're supposed to. Um but I believe in the black blade. If it's silver, get rid of the silver. Paint it black. Um, with, with that being said, even though you're with the white chatterbait, you're trying to, you're seeing shine around. Yeah, and there ain't no. I just, I just don't see any any flashy bait fish in North Florida. Maybe there is somewhere else, but I know, like I said, when they hit the head of it, they're missing the hook, and that's yeah. not the purpose. I need them to hit the hook. Yeah, that's a. That's a good tip, guys, for anybody that's listening. It's um, even if it's not your cup of tea, I, I definitely think it's worth giving it a try. Even if it's on like an old chatterbait that you don't want to scuff up that brand new jackhammer, you know, grab that old white one that you've been looking at in your tackle box for a couple months that you're just too lazy to throw away. That's barely hanging on. You know, scuff it up, paint it, see what happens. Maybe you get new life to it. Well, the fun part is, is most of your jackhammers come with a black blade or a. Oh yeah, I did. Yeah, so I, I that's kind of where I got the idea too. I think, but yeah, I'm not gonna take full credit. I'm not gonna give them full credit because I thought it was pretty genius. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> you know, I can't let I can't, I got I can't take that L. I got to get the W there. But um, uh, back to favorite color, favorite technique. Man, if I had one to say, it's gonna be just flat out burning the stinking thing. They hit that, it's like a freight train. If you got a chance and you can and you can burn it back, it man, oh man, the hits. You also got to play blade sometimes. Um, now Guggen got it right. They don't blow out of the water as much when you burn them, and that thing's a lot more adjustable than a chatterbait, and you're sitting there with a pair of pliers. But if you play with that well, blade, you can get that blade to run a, a foot under the water at max speed. So, kind of, I, I kind of got my own question here for you. Kind of, not really going. You know, we'll, we'll come back to the Facebook. But with you said that running a foot below the surface, uh, it made me think: what column, what water column are you running these chatterbaits? And I, I'm sure it's going to vary on conditions. But um, kind of elaborate here on where, what your ideal column that you want to run these. Well, you you can vouch for this being from Florida. Um, most of our water columns, if you find 10 foot of water, it's a miracle. Yeah, I agree. In these ponds and res in, in what we have is reservoirs. So they're runoffs from everywhere in about a four neighborhood yeah. into a pond. Yep. Retention um, ponds. Yep. Yeah. But we have, you know, four to six foot is deep. Um, and we're going to go off that for this. Story. I like them to run somewhere about three foot to two foot off the bottom. Because that's about and, where the grass stops. I want to run yeah. just on top of that grass. I want it yeah. inches, if not touching that grass. Now, do you find it easy to burn that still at that? That's where or? playing. That's where playing with that blade works. If yeah. you play with that blade, you'll get it right. Because if you slow roll a chatterbait, it's a whole nother animal. That's why. I, that's why I said burning is the funnest way because it's a freight train when they hit it. Yeah, they're running up. They they engulf the whole bait, and then they turn to the side. They 
you. All you got to do is oh, yeah. not let the rod come out of your hand. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, but it's a freight train. Yeah. Slow rolling it or just ticking it, you know, taking like a six or a six six speed reel, and and just bringing it back at a at a lofty. That's not a that's not a go at a leisurely rewind. Yeah. Retrieve to where you're just you're just feeling the tick 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 tick. You know, then you can start adding your little pops and your little your little jumps and your little rises in it. Speed up your reel real fast and it'll come up off the bottom a little more and sink back down as you're reeling it slower. Um and that's probably, you know, one of the most effective ways to do it. As long as that thing is making contact you don't have to burn it. If there's nothing on the bottom where you are, burn it. Keep it yeah. a foot under the surface. It drives because they can hear that like a like a like a, an alarm going off in their head. I've watched bass watch it go by, and then I've seen them. As soon as it comes by, you can see them. You can tell they're right there. You can see them. You know the water's so clear sometimes, and you'll yeah, see the fall. bass underneath. Yeah, though he'll he'll pull out like a like a highway patrolman on the interstate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've seen it. Um, so, um, not yeah. So it's kind of interesting though with everything you talked about with the with the black because that goes right into our next question. Uh, we got a I got a really good question from Anthony, aka the Gar King Morrow, and I, and I always tease him <laughs> about calling him the Gar King, and and you'll you'll see uh, this man. He we have a call it wrong fish wednesday where we take for the week where everybody posts their pictures that they they catch and and they get a cool graphic put on of everything they caught bass fishing that week that's not a bass and <laughs> and sure as you can imagine every week anthony he's holding a four foot uh gar he's he, he's just you know it's it's he <laughs> it's cool it's really cool he really gets into them and and he has a lot of fun catching them and so, you know, we kind of we kind of give him a little kind of bust him a little bit calling him the Gar King, but I you know, he really is the Gar King, but um so somehow I end up calling him the Gar King on every episode I've had so far. So, a shout out Anthony, I know you like it, but um <laughs> so uh with that said, he he wants to know and you kind of answered already, but I'll see if you want to elaborate any more on it. What do you think about blade color? I see a lot of people going to black. I, there's nothing else to say, Anthony. You, you hit, I hit it on the head. I think um, it does happen because the fish are triggered by the flash. You want to trigger them. The problem you run into is they hit the head of the bait, not the hook. Um, I think that's the issue. You paint it black, they still hear the the movement, and they hit the hook then more than they'll hit the blade. So I a hundred percent. If it's a silver blade, paint it black. If it's a gold blade, you got a 50-50 on that. But, I mean, six fish out of the 11 I caught that day hit the blade. Yeah. And that's what made me change my mind on it. Six fish. And I didn't even know what it was until one did it right by the bank, and I just happened to see it. Right, right. He ran. He came right up, shot up ahead of it, and bit thing i had to i, I retied my line because i thought he may have geez you know well, i mean it was aggressive okay well with that being said then um how would you recommend somebody just downsizing then if they're going to hit that blade 
and maybe that maybe you know, if they're going on a half ounce, would you would you recommend if you if you're not able to say you're on the water and that's happening and you have no way of darkening that blade, or you know it kind of pops in your head, you know, oh, you know I should have darkened it or whatever, downsizing that chatterbait, you think that might entice some of these fish to swallow it instead of just kind of nip at it? Well, that's the thing. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, and I, I don't have my box in front of me, I should have had my box in front of me for this. Um, I believe a three eighths is the same size, same size hook. Oh, really? It's just a smaller lead. It's a four odd hook, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and the blade's the exact same size. So, yeah, but at the well, same time, I mean. What fisherman doesn't have a sharpie in their box? Yeah, good point. If you're a braid, if you're fishing with braid, you've got a black sharpie. Everybody sort of rolling Martin say, paint the front foot of your line black. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to be mean, but I mean you just have to, you know, take that L that day. You go yeah. home and you paint it when you get home, and now you know how to come back at them. I mean, I like I said, I was on the water. And found that out and went home and scratched my head for about a week. <laughs> Going, why yeah. this happen? Well, well, that shows you the knowledge I have on chatterbaits because I, <laughs> what you said about the same size hook and just the lead's different. I, I told you, you know, it, we, we, I got a question to, to answer this and later. It's my last question for you, but, uh, and I know you know what it is already, but, um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it just goes to go with my knowledge baits but so this next question i think is going to go a little long and i've kind of purposely avoided bringing this up until now because um uh, i knew i knew you were going to get going on it so um <laughs> it comes to the guy who's from the guy who's sponsoring this segment oh. it comes from jeff wheeler so oh. he pro my, my guess is he probably he probably has a really good question because he wants to win a lure from himself knowing jeff <laughs> and, he, and so that's my guess. And he makes me shout him out every episode too, or he gives well, me a hard time. Go. So um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Jeff's great. Um, so he, he asked, uh, what is your preferred trailer? Do you rig trailers in various ways to change up a bait, such as paddle tail, upside down, beaver, sideways, etc." Okay. Um, Mr. Where do you Wheeler. want to start? <laughs> wow. Mr. Wheeler. Um, I can't let you win it. The uh, was it Travis was our first question. Tanner. Tanner. I'm bad with names. Forgive me. It took me. It took me 14 years to get my kids' names right. So uh, Tanner still won the question of the day, but <laughs> I can't <laughs> let you take that one. <laughs> but uh, oh wow! Number one, I always rig a power rage or a Kitek, whatever. Um, I always rig them upside down. Because you get no, almost no movement from that tail if you rig them the, the standard, normal way, paddle down. It's something with the blade kicking in the water. It, if you don't believe me, and you'll understand what I'm saying. Just rig the paddle tail up. It catches it, and that thing goes crazy. Fish love it. Um, and then I've already mentioned my mini flukes. Um. And I'm really, really weird about it. I, I only fish one color of them. And that's green pumpkin. Um, don't ask me why. I think it was the first one of them. 
say now that that's what they hit. Yeah. But the mini flute in Green Pumpkin, a Kitech, I'll get it in a baby bag, a white with sparklies in it. That's kind of my go-tos there. Um, and I've been experimenting with, and I'm going to get it wrong, and I might as well not say the name. It's a Z-Man. Oh, good Lord. Zuri? Yeah. I believe that's the name. Fish. Yep. Um, I absolutely love that. And I got it in this dirty shad color. And I run it on my green pumpkins more than anything. Um, but it is a a force to reckon with. And then, you know, when I'm running a craw or a red color, I run the, the Menace from Strike King. Which, okay. The Strike King Menace claw thing. Um, what about creature baits? I love crawls on them, but I have to be running a red, in my opinion, to make them work effectively. I've never. I've never put a crawl pattern on a black and blue and gotten a bite. And be honest with you, I get very few bites on black and blue. Most of my bites come from white and green pumpkin. Really? Yeah, straight up. What about, um, have you ever tried like uh, beaver tail or putting it sideways or anything like that? Um, I have, and it, it has brought results. But like I said, four different you know trailers that I kind of just through most of the time it's a mini flute. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I stay pretty, pretty hardcore with that mini. Works. Okay. Um, you don't got to get hot about it. I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> I'm just teasing you. Um, all right. Well, then... I didn't mean to sound that way. My bad. <laughs> no, no, you weren't. I was just giving you a hard time. Oh, uh, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, all right, Jeff. Thanks for the question. Hope that hope he answered it for you. Um, Je Jeff's a guy who he'll he'll fish anything on the back of a of a chatterbait. He'll put he'll put it sideways. He'll oh, he'll yeah. do every he, he he always likes to switch it up and he 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 says it helps them, um, you know, get those baits after or those bites after those fish have seen the traditional chatterbait with the traditional trailer a million times because like you said earlier everybody's throwing those chatterbaits now so these fish yeah these fish have all seen them a million times but um all right well next question kind of it this isn't the question that i'm built to but it's a question that i kind of i'm really interested in in your answer for this and um actually it was my guest from last week blake white rock hennigan He's got a great question. Appreciate the question, Blake. Um, he says, I'm terrible with chatterbaits. What technique for a rookie do you recommend for the best success, like speed, depth, and time of day? I know we've covered it periodically for the past hour now, but if you just kind of want to give him a quick rundown of, you know, what you'd recommend for somebody that maybe sucks at it, like he says, or it's just kind of getting started. Um. I'm going to ask a question on top of his question, so bear with me. If you've ever fished a lipless crankbait, fish it the same way. Yeah, that's good. If you're, if you're just getting started, everybody's throwing a rattle trap. If not, everybody's throwing a Texas across the bottom, bringing it back to them. Or a curl. Fish it the same way. If that's not working, throw it out there and just bring it back to you where you 
thump it. Slow roll it back to you. Keep it just off the bottom. And from there, just watch a couple of videos, build your repertoire, try something. You can't do anything wrong with it as long as it's touching something when it's moving. Yeah. It's one of those baits. It's very forgiving. People that I'm going to leave nameless right now who just can't seem <laughs> <coughs> Shots fired. Yes, sir. <laughs> okay. Just, that's, that's my answer. Just throw All it right. out there well, and bring it to you. All right. Well, thanks, Blake, for the question. Appreciate. <laughs> All right. Well, our last Facebook question before we get into our debate here is, um, <laughs> and, and and I I've had this conversation with you before, so it's it, I, and I think your take on it's pretty interesting because I think I've actually asked you the same question before, and it comes from Jay Fouts, aka Bass Junkie Jay. Um, shout out Jay. Appreciate all the questions every week. Actually, shout out to everybody on these questions. A lot of these guys are asking questions for all these podcasts and um, they're always good questions. And I really appreciate them taking the time to put something on here for me to redo. And, and um, they're, they're always coming with the heat and, and always having good questions. So fellas, I, I definitely appreciate you taking the time. Um, but Jay wants to know, do you ever run a chatterbait without the skirt? Matter of fact, I, I believe I have had that conversation with you. Um, yes. It's my secret Joe sauce. <laughs> yes. I'll take a, I'll take a swim bait or a Kitek, if you will, or something of that nature, and I'll pull the skirt off of it. Dab a little bit of thing all the way up, and something magical happens when you do that. It is pure fire. That thing dances. You can't use a fast reel. You're going to have to slow yourself down. So, uh, Jake, I'm going to throw it out there to you, and I'm going to challenge you with this. Run a 6.6 six reel, same as you would a good A 6.8 is borderline too fast for this technique. You might even want to drop down to a 5.4, something in that realm. Run that bait that way, and something magical happens to it. It changes that entire bait's topography. Literally, um, Z-Man made the diesel because somebody, probably Brett Height, because he's the king of this, um, took a skirt off one day, slapped a swim bait on it, threw it out there, and, and it changed the world. That is the secret sauce of every chatterbait fisherman. Because every one of us have lost a, lost a skirt at some point. Just said, screw it, and hook something on there and threw it out there, and it does work. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's an amazing monstrosity when you do it that way. It's yeah. like that perfect blend of car crash and off of it. Yeah, and and I know Jay is a big chatterbait guy. It's his go-to bait, and he's got great great success using it and. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure he's tried that technique already. If he hasn't, I'm sure he know. obviously he knows about it by asking the oh, question. Yeah. So, so, um, appreciate you yawning. Thank you. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I know it's getting late we're, we're, for anybody that's, uh, li listening here. We're, we're recording this kind of late tonight. Um, so it's one to get it in for you guys. We're going to get this out the next day. So I'm recording this Wednesday night. It'll be up. You'll be listening to this. It'll be Thursday, but you know, trying to match our schedules, it 
kind of can be tough. So sometimes recording these, we got to go a little later than we want to. Being that we're old men now, it's uh, staying up late isn't <laughs> as easy as it used to be. So, um, nice. yeah. So, so shout out Jay for the question. Thank you, my man. Appreciate it. So, not the final question because I'm still going to ask you. Oh, another, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm scared of you now. <laughs> Actually, this is the last question because normally I ask. You don't, you don't have to. If there's another one, let's go. Them boys been no. throwing throwing some smoke, man. Listen, <laughs> you guys in that question comments. I'm going to send a shout out to all y'all. Y'all threw smoke. I did not expect to be like this. Like I was laughing and joking in the pre-recording. We were all talking, going back and forth. Everything was good. I was loose. And then you hit me with that first question. It was like getting, getting, getting a, a, a 90 mile an hour curveball that curved too much. Oh yeah. Y'all, y'all asked some fired questions. I'm telling hey, you, man. We, we got some, we got some big sticks that listen to this, so we yeah, gotta, man, them, we, them your your boys are on it, man. Yeah, we gotta bring the heat, and we gotta we gotta get some info out of you, man. And they, they come but, in with that smoke, I like it. <laughs> so normally, I ask everybody what their favorite bait is and why, and so I'm I'm not gonna ask you that because I I, I know it's from our whole conversation. <laughs> I'm assuming it's the chatterbait, and you have laid yeah. out multiple reasons why between the technique and and the way the bite is and everything. So I'm going to skip that. And I'm going to ask you this final question bear. And I want you to answer it for me. And I want your honest answer. And, and this is the big, this is a big hitter right here. So let's go. I think chatterbaits are overrated. Changed my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Didn't see that one coming, but I do. I, I know that. Look, let me let me first say, like, I'm I'm half joking with that. I know they catch a lot of fish. I know it's a great bait. Um, I wouldn't have you on here if I thought the bait sucked. And and I have a lot of respect for the chatterbait and everything we've talked about tonight. But so I'm half joking when I say that. But as, as you know, I can't catch a chatterbait fish to save my life. I don't know if it's just the water I'm in. I don't know if if it's because I suck at chatterbaits. But I have put hours on this chatterbait. I will put down a rattle trap that i'm on fire and i and yeah while the while the bite is on and i and they won't even look at that chatter so i'm gonna go just for the sake of argument here half jokingly half lighthearted. i'm gonna tell you like i just said here bear i think chatterbaits are overrated and and i want you to change my mind well you know (laughs) there was a song years ago that said people that say sex is overrated they just ain't doing it right (laughs) <laughs> okay i'm gonna come at you with a different one chatterbait i'm not gonna lie to you when like i said when i got my first one i threw for two weeks before i ever got a bite and i threw it and we weren't talking about i was just out there i was talking about, i'm watching 25 youtube videos a day yeah. i'm out at the pond i'm throwing this thing man i walk up to a pond with two chatterbaits in my pocket and a bag of trailers yeah this is how this is what we doing today, <laughs> and yeah. uh, it's just one of those. I don't think it's overrated. I think it catches a lot, a lot of fish. I think it has to do with you are in the world. There are places in this world where maybe they've seen so many stinking chatterbaits that they're just done with it, or maybe, and God forbid, this happens. 
maybe the craze has actually met its potential max. The spinnerbait worked for a hundred years and then stopped. Yeah. The chatterbait became something because spinnerbaits only worked in certain circumstances and so forth and so forth. Maybe it's time for that bait to take that final evolve. And I'm going to say this like this. If you don't have one, I'll send you one. Personally, I will go to the post office, throw it in a box and mail it to you. Try the before you throw your hands in the air and say, I'm done with it. That yeah, bait is I, just a little different. I'm going to, yeah, I'm not going to give up on it. And, and like I said, I, I know it works and, you know, maybe I, I and I'm throwing, I have a cu- couple custom that or I got a custom bluegill one. I got a custom white one and I'm using all the trailers that, um, that I think will work and, and just nothing, man. And so, you know, maybe it's me, maybe it's, like I said, maybe it's the water. Uh, obviously it's the water. Obviously it's not me, but right. Uh, no, you can't uh, take yeah. that L. <laughs> yeah. Just like I said, my man don't take an L. <laughs> no, no, never. And, um, <laughs> and I've even broken rods and blamed other people for why I broke the rods. So. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I got, but I got yeah. picture evidence of that. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, you know what? I, I, I'm running mostly though just Z-Man, Z-Man chatterbaits, and um, I, I think maybe I, I gotta spend some more time on them. I mean, I'm not exactly. I mean, it's the middle of summer, and I'm trying to dial in a chatterbait. Yeah. Like you said, I know it's gonna work right now, but you know, maybe in the winter time or some different times, maybe that chatterbait will be a little bit more on point and um, give me a little bit more call. <clears throat> Bless you. Forgive. Me. Late summer, let's just hold out on the chatterbait thought in your brain until late summer when it starts to drop again. Let's let's just yes. get to the nitty gritty of it. You are fishing in ninety degree water, eighty five yes. ninety degree water. Mm, yes. They are not as prone to chase something in that. It it is a rare thing. Like like the other day with the conversation about a lipless crankbait, it's a rare thing they're doing that. Yes. Be blessed that they are. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, I think take uh take you know whatever rod you're you're comfortable with the the bend on. You need a good bend. Um, I'm not saying run out and buy a rod. Just find one that has a better bend than the one next to it. Um, put on a seven speed seven one six eight somewhere around there reel. Line it up with. If it's a heavier rod, go with mono. If it's not, go with braid or go with, you know, if it's not, if it's a softer rod, go with braid. Um, paint the first foot or so of it with a Sharpie. Paint the blade black. And let's revisit this when that water temperature drops about 10 degrees. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and yeah, I think, I think that's a moment. I hope because so. Once you feel that freight train, there's only a couple of ways they bite, man. They either hit it from the side and it's an instantaneous freight train. There's no middle ground. Your line doesn't move. It just, you just, oh my goodness. They run up and push it, which is so magical in and of itself because they're running at the bait. They bite the bait and then they keep swimming at the same speed and you're reeling slower than they are, than they're going. Listen, you see your line get slack. That's <laughs> so crazy. 
because for yeah. the next what feels like hour of your life, you're trying to catch up to set the hook <laughs> before he goes. That's metal, you know. Yeah. Um, but the greatest bite there is is when they'll run up, catch it, and then turn because yeah. it'll rip the rod out of your hand. Oh yeah, I get that on the rattle trap. Yeah, with a big monster, it's like oh my goodness. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's it's the it feels like thirty seconds is really all it takes, and it felt like thirty minutes. You know, I love that moment where Tom stops. Tom slows yeah. down to a, and you're fighting some monster on the end of that chatterbait that you have been working for the last forty five minutes because this isn't a YouTube video. This is real life. Yeah. I can take a YouTube video, catch five fish, and you watch it in 10 minutes, and you think, woohoo, great. But we're out there for three or four hours sometimes catching one fish. Yeah. You know, that's real fish. Especially yeah. coming up in about the next month, that's the reality of what we do. Yes, sir. You I know? agree completely. And like well, I said, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll get with you on that secret thing I'm working on. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> standing. <laughs> well, you changed my yeah yeah halfway changed my mind. Well, we're gonna go with the jury still out with my opinion, and um, we'll revisit that come here early fall, late summer when these when these fish might be moving a little bit with that water temp dropping, and we'll see what happens. But um, so before I go into the close to show here, is there anything else you want to talk about far as chatterbaits that I might have missed? I mean, I think we covered it all from your people. And from and from the, the the listeners, hopefully, I hope they listen. Is, oh, yeah. uh, they all, they all is listen. flat out. I mean, I think we covered everything that I know about them. And like I said, if y- if I miss something, guys, after the show, after the podcast is released, get in the comments and tell me. I'd love to learn something new. I love it. There's nothing more important about fishing than the fact that we evolve. Yeah. So if anybody knows something that they think I forgot, please throw it at me. Let me yeah. learn too. I agree. And uh, like I said that before on a couple of different podcasts, this, doing this podcast with with all these great anglers that I, I keep having on and the knowledge and the different variety of topics I'm talking about, I, I'm just soaking it up, man. I, I'm, I'm just a sponge and – and it, it's helped my game already tremendously just from the guys I've already talked to. So, you know, I, I kind of, I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of lucky here where I get to have these guys on and including yourself and, and, you know, somebody that's listening might be like, Oh, ask this question, ask this question. And, and, you know, and sometimes I mean, do, and, and a lot of them, I'm these questions. I just, I mean, I, I'm prepared to have my notes in it, but a lot of them, I'm just asking questions out of my curiosity off of what you're saying. And so it's teaching me, I'm learning and, and it's, it, it's really good. And it's, so far everything's been going really good and um, I'm really excited and looking forward to see what other anglers I can have on this podcast and, and see where it goes. But so with, with, with all that being said, then with being done with our chatterbait talk here, um, I'm going to wrap this thing up, man. We talked for well over an hour here and I definitely uh, appreciate your time. And I just want to give you a second here to, to let everybody know where they can find you on YouTube, on, on social media and any sponsor shout outs or any shout outs you want to give to anybody. Floor's yours, my brother. All right. Well, first things first, I want to tell you, thank you so much for having me. It's been an honor 
in, in so many different ways to, to even be on something like this. Um, and to have the time to be able to speak with someone and, and just be able to have great comments and great questions put up by what seems like a fantastic audience. Absolutely. So are. I'm, I'm, I'm in love with it. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm literally, I'm humbled by the idea of even being here. It's amazing to me. Um, well, I'm thank you. That's all I can tell yeah, you. Um, Glad to y'all have can you. find me, you know, if you take your time and y'all want to feel the need, um, fishing with bear eight five Oh, and, uh, y'all shoot old uncle bear, like a subscribe. If, if you like what to say on there and you like what me and my son mostly are doing, um, I'm just having a blast. And like I said, I, any comments, please feel free. I'd love to learn more. Um, y'all seem like a very knowledgeable group with just the questions that were given to me. So I would love the opportunity to, to be able to, you know, learn from y'all and maybe y'all stop by the channel and say hi and subscribe it and let's have some fun with it, man. All right. Well, with that being said, I know, I know your son has just started his YouTube. So why don't you, why don't you give that a, a cheap plug here? Give him, give him a rub. <laughs> cheap where, where, um, can every, where can everybody find Brock? Brock's Bassin, Bassin with Brock. I'm not sure. I'd have to actually ask the boy. He's, I think he's stuffed in his room playing with watching he, YouTube. <laughs> he's he's gonna kill you for not for not remembering. Yeah, I know. Um, well, you know, he uh, he usually I think it's it's his TikTok mostly. Yeah. Hold on two seconds. I'll go bang on his door and find out. We're gonna wake him up. Hey, Brock. Brock. You're on the podcast nation right now. So, what is your uh, YouTube or TikTok that you use uh, for your thing? The TikTok I use is. I want to make uh, sure I get it right. Brock's bass fishing on YT. Brock's bass fishing on YT. On YT. That's the one I use. For that's his TikTok. When y'all, that's what he does. There you go. We got it. We got block. We got block. We got we got Brock on the show. Give him a shout out. Got got you all covered. Make sure you guys go go check out Bear's channel. He's got some good stuff down the pipe coming. Um, a lot of good fish coming up. I know. And well, that's it, man. We're gonna close it here. Um, I thank you for taking the time on this late Wednesday night. I know. I know it was tough getting our schedules to match, and everything hey. worked out great, but. I, uh, I appreciate you taking the time. I think for your first podcast, you're a little nervous, but I think you did really well. I think everybody's going to learn and get some good knowledge from you. So thank you, man. I really appreciate it, man. Have a great night. You too, buddy. There you go, guys. My conversation with Bear. Hope you guys enjoyed it. We really got in deep into some of these chatterbaits. He, he, he kind of laid it out. I wanted him to come on and be specific to how he throws it. I told him I didn't want the cookie cutter answers. I wanted his answers. Things he's been preaching to me for years. I want to know his secrets, his colors, his technique, everything. And and I think he delivered. I think he's got some good insight, um, some really good tips and tricks for you guys. Hope you really enjoyed it. Um, so with that being said, I'm going to wrap things up. You guys know where you can find me. I, I say at every show, 
If you don't know, here you go. Big Guy Bass Fishing on YouTube and every other social media. You can find me at Josh Mitchell at every social media. Um, you can find me under the Bass Slingers umbrella. You can message me there or any of the other staff members and it'll get to me. Um, like I said, we need to get some more of you guys on this podcast. If you got any interest or you know anybody that I should talk to, shout me out. Get a hold of me. We'll get you on. We'll get them on and we'll just talk shop. We'll talk whatever you want. I appreciate everybody that's reached out so far. Um, appreciate all the comments, all the love so far on the podcast. It's really snowballing. It's growing rapidly by the day. And I, I, I to be honest with you, I owe it all to the fantastic guests that I've had on so far. Um, these guys are just bringing knowledge as good as anybody that you can ask for. And they kind of relate to the everyday man and, 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 you know, just a, just a ton of knowledge. I just can't say that enough, how much I've learned from these guys, just myself. So I'm hoping, and I think you guys are learning from it too, as the, the numbers keep going up. I, I think it's, I think it's working and you guys are benefiting from it. And that's kind of the name of the game. So enough of me talking. Um, we'll see you guys next week, next week's show. It's a good one. I talked to Tyler Treft from Oh My Larry Fishing YouTube channel. We break everything down regarding starting up YouTube, tips and tricks. Tyler just comes in and just nails it. Had an awesome conversation with him. So look for that on Monday. Monday morning when you wake up, it'll be posted, it'll be uploaded. Tune in, let me know what you think. So till then guys, I'll catch you guys down the road. We'll see you next week.